Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Kellen, is this, I may be wrong here. Mm. Is this my girl wants to party all the time? That's right. Party all the time. It, uh, this was the Eddie Murphy song. Eddie Murphy, yes. Wow. Okay. When wanted to hear it? So we're playing it. Good stuff. 7804960063. U.S. Open updating the second round leaderboard. Uh, Ricky Fowler in the lead. He's 10 under, has three holes to play. Wyndham Clark is finished. He's nine under. Rory McIlroy has completed his round. He's eight under. English and Shoffley now seven under. Shoffley still on the course. Blue Jays lead the Rangers 2-1 in the top of the sixth. Three minutes left in the first quarter. Saskatchewan 7, Winnipeg Blue Bombers 3. Both teams won their season openers last week. Of course, the Elks are going to play the BC Lions tomorrow. Scary moment for them at practice a couple days ago. Offensive lineman Phil Norman collapsed. Here's head coach Rick Campbell with an update earlier today. Still in the hospital. Um, there seems to be some optimism that he could get out later today. He needs to go through a few more tests. So he's still stable, still awake. Um, but, uh, you know, he's been in the hospital for three days. So um, I, I'm glad they're taking every precaution with him and making sure he gets all the tests done that he needs. And then, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, um, you know, gets out of there today. You called off practice the day it happened. How has the group handled it? Because obviously it's a scary situation. Yeah, I just in the moment you don't see things like that very often and it's a um, you know tough thing to watch and obviously Phil was on everyone's mind and I just didn't think it was the right place to have them uh, you know be concerned about practicing in that moment so we just needed to some time to process what was going on and then uh, you know give it a day and then uh, we came back and had a good practice yesterday. All right, that is uh, Rick Campbell, the head coach of the BC Lions. Uh, BC Lions analyst Julio Caravata checking in tonight on Inside Sports. Julio, it's Reed. How are you doing? Good, Reed. How are you, buddy? I'm doing very well. We'll start there. That, that's pretty heavy. I, I don't know if you were there at the, at the practice, but, uh, I mean, occasionally you see this, unfortunately, with a guy uh, yeah. going down. Uh, what, what do you know about what happened to Phil Norman? Well, yeah, you know, I I, I wasn't there. Uh, you know, I just – I. I was going uh, to the practice and uh, usually show up just after warm-up. So they were doing their walkthrough. And um, from all indications was, you know, I mean, it was, uh, they were all kind of just standing there, stepping through their steps and, and uh, Phil collapsed. Um, and so obviously the, the trainers and all the, you know, medical personnel that they had there raced over to him. Uh, he lost consciousness. I don't think he ever stopped breathing. Um, that's what I was told. And so, uh, he, um, you know, he regained consciousness and then obviously got medical attention. They, they took him to the hospital, and, and now they're just trying to get to the root of, of why it happened. So 
um, you know, good news in the sense that, uh, you know, I always say, like, uh, he was fortunate probably to have it happen when it did because there was a lot of people around him. Um, the last thing he would have wanted had he had been home by himself and that would have happened and there was no one around to help him. So um, everyone's just thrilled that he's, you know, getting the, 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 all the tests done. It seems like he's headed in the right direction. Uh, just as you heard uh, Coach Campbell say that they're going to run a few more tests and hopefully uh, by the end of today that they're going to be able to let him go. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's good to hear for sure. That's obviously scary. I mean, you, you've yeah. been there, you've been on the field and unfortunately sometimes things even do happen uh, in practice this with you know with something like what happened to phil norman or just a guy getting yeah. like is it what's it like when stuff like that happens because in a, in a game maybe not a guy collapsing but i mean you lived in the reality as a player where probably a teammate is going to get hurt in a game uh but what mm-hmm. it, is it a different mood when something happens in practice well yeah i think you know you know i, I can speak with a little bit of experience how you know me because i'm a fireman so you know i i you know see this kind of stuff a lot and um, from the mentality of, uh, you know, I think what Coach Campbell said is um, it's the effect on the players, right? Because it is something that, you know, for most of us, for a lot of people, they don't ever see anything like that up close and personal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I mean, the idea of having happen in practice, uh, it still is, it's still a tra- traumatic experience, right? And, and I know that there were guys that were really, you know, they were shaken by it. And Coach Campbell, I think, handled it absolutely perfectly. Uh, so, you know, it, the the most important thing is that, you know, Phil, and, and I think to the credit of all the, you know, this will be right across the league and anywhere you go, like the training staffs are so well trained and, and they're so aware of, you know, the players and, you know, there's, they have everything in place now. Uh, that um, you know that that you would need for an emergency like you know every facility has an AD and and you know I know the AEDs are on the sidelines and uh, you, you know we've seen it all right we've seen it um, you know with uh, with with Hamill and and Ham or excuse me in Buffalo last year when he collapsed on the field just the emergency uh, help that was available right away so that's you know, kudos to all the teams in the league to making sure all that stuff is in place for the players. Yeah. Okay. Well, and hopefully Phil Norman is uh, yeah is okay for the BC Lions. Julio Caravana mm-hmm. joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Of course, he joins us uh, frequently during the CFL seasons to talk about the Lions and other storylines. I guess, and and this might not be fair, Julio, but I have to start here. One of the storylines for the Lions is who is not on the team this year. I, I know, even though in the off season uh, <laughs> Nathan Rourke left, but he was a bit of a dream come true a Canadian quarterback who uh, lit it up and I know he got hurt as, as the season went on uh, how has the organization dealt on and off the field without having Nathan yeah. work to uh, to play for them and also to have him as a marketing tool yeah I, I think you know all, all of that is you know we all wonder what could have should have been right uh, you know you know with the injury uh, this kind of season that he was having like we all wonder what 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 numbers he could have put up and um, and and just you know the the Canadian aspect of that, you know there there hasn't been many uh, in a long time, and for him to have stepped in and and done uh, done that is um, you know is extraordinary. So uh, I think one of the things uh, you know the Lions I think for for the most part they've moved on, right? The reality is that Nathan's not here, and that he's a, a guy that um, they would have loved to have had, but he's not here, and so you know you have to move on and. I think that they did a good job. Obviously, Vernon uh, Adams being here is a is a big, big factor in all this because he's, um, you know, he's a guy who came in here, had experience, and, and now I think feels that much better about his uh, uh, exposure to this offense. 
So he, I think, understands it, feels a lot more comfortable with the verbiage, with all of the jobs and everybody who's um, involved with the offense. He has a real good understanding of of where everyone should be. And then for them to go out and get Dane Evans, I thought was a really, really big move and, and a great move. Because now I think everybody realizes in this league you need two quarterbacks, right? And so they really feel comfortable with both those both those guys uh, at the helm. So it's just one of those things that um, I think we all, you know, hoped that Nathan was going to be here for a long time, but his path has gone in a different direction, and he's going to try his luck in the NFL. And and everybody who knows him is wishing him all the best, and we're all going to pull for him. But as far as the Lions go, they got to they've got to deal with what's what's in front of them, and. Uh, that's Vernon Adams and Dane Evans and Dominique Davis. And uh, after week one, I think they were pretty happy with, with Vernon's performance. Well, yeah, I mean, he played well. They they beat uh, they beat Calgary, uh, obviously. Uh, Stamps got the win last night against Ottawa. I, mm-hmm. I've always found Vernon Adams to be kind of a tantalizing talent, and you never you never mm-hmm. know when a guy is really going to not, – nothing, you know, against how he played, uh, I guess, certainly with some of the Alouettes or would, would be his, his mm-hmm. best games to this point. But, like, to me, he's and, – and I know I interviewed him last year and I brought up his scrambling ability, and he didn't seem to like the question. But because, you know, he's a quarterback, they want to throw. But I'm like, you're a bit of a a throwback to the guy who can throw for 250 and rush for 60, you know, that kind of combination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I totally agree. I mean, I and I think, too, I think you get I think maybe this frustration comes in the fact that, you know, people kind of, uh, you know, they pigeonhole him as just a runner. Right. And I think he sees himself as a quarterback. And, you know, I, I, you know, I I think that the one thing about the position uh, is that, you know, for a lot of guys, it takes sometimes a while for them to really start to understand and it, it feel real like, you know, where the game really starts to slow down. Some some guys are really lucky and it happens early. Other guys, it takes a little bit of time. And I just think that with Vernon here in this particular situation, because I can't speak to the other ones, is what he was able to do last year coming in and going 4-2 and two as a starter and taking this team into the playoffs. Um, I thought was was brilliant, given that you get a guy who has to move across the country uh, halfway through the year, all the family issues, all the issues that happen, uh, you know, off the field when you get traded, and then coming to a system where it was totally new to him, the verbiage was new, all those kinds of things, and and you're you're coming into a scenario where this team was like clicking along like we the offense was was like what was they were throwing for 350 375 yards a game so it was a lot of pressure for him but uh, i really commend him for the way he handled himself and and i and i think this what i really got the sense this year during training camp was just how comfortable he feels and looks out there he just i think he has learned from his past mistakes i think he, he you know he doesn't try to force the ball downfield i think he uses his feet when he needs to and that's a valuable that's a valuable asset because when you're a quarterback, I've always said this: when your quarterback can make five first downs in a game when there wasn't a first down, you know, a play breaks down, he has to get out of the pocket, and if he can keep extending the play by using his feet to one throw the ball downfield or use your feet to get a first down, that is that's huge, right? So uh, that's what he that's what his physical set or skills get brings to the table. So. Uh, I just think he's used it very well. Uh, the Elks last week, I mean, if I were to sum it up, uh, I, I, I would say very good, maybe not quite excellent, but very good on defense. Uh, mm-hmm. Certainly below average on offense, probably a, a saw off. I, I know they gave up one long return to Alfred, but he's a pretty mm-hmm. darn good returner. Um, yes. 
you know, you, you played the quarterback position, and I know athletes will say, well, we try to prepare the same every week. I assume mm-hmm. you knew when a defense was better. Like, is this – Yeah. so are the Lions thinking, like, look, we just got to figure out to score a couple touchdowns because they can't move the ball, or are you thinking, like, uh, this is a tense one. We got to be I, careful here. <laughs> I don't – I don't – I honestly don't think that there there's anybody that you can do that with or you get you get yourself in trouble. Right. Um, so, but I, I – you know, here's the thing. Chris Jones has got, you know, a very good reputation as a coach and especially as a defensive coach. Um, one of the things I talked to Vernon today about – was you know the the uh, how difficult it was to play against a guy like that right because he shows you so many different things he shows you a lot of different looks and and and, and it's and it's difficult to play against a defense like that right it, they keep you on your toes and that's exactly what you have to do uh as a defense in this league is is keep the quarterback on his toes don't do the same thing over and over again and um they're very good at it um there was never any question for me about the elks defense there i knew that they were going to be they were going to be right there and they were going to be the, the strength of their team. Now the question is always going to be, and it's going to be Taylor Cornelius, right? You've got the weapons everywhere else. It's going to be your quarterback. And he's a, he's a guy that I really like as far as his skill set and what he brings to the table, like all he has everything. He just, to me, just looks like a guy who needs experience. Uh-huh. And so, you know, you, you grow with that sometimes very frustrating. Um, but the hope is, is that your coaching staff and, and the people that brought him there believe in you know the kind of person that he is and the kind of physical tools he brings to the table that with time you're going to develop because the problem to read in this league is when you get quarterbacks you I mean they go through quarterbacks so quickly because if you don't have success right away they just move on to the next guy because we got to win we got to find somebody who can who can get us to win but the problem is, is that at that position it takes a, sometimes it takes a couple of three years to get that comfort level you know what I mean where you start to really understand the game and you know because there there are hundreds of guys that can throw and run and you'd look you could line up 200 people in a field and say wow these guys this every one of these guys can do it but what is the difference the difference is your ability to step on the field when the anxiety and the pressure is at its highest and being able to to make quick decisions like one two three boom the ball's out of your hand that is a difficult thing one to teach and one of the, the most difficult things to to learn as a quarterback and and it just sometimes it takes time and sometimes the patience isn't there for a lot of teams with certain guys and I hope it is with with Edmonton because I really do like I really do like Taylor. I think he's he's going to be very good. I just uh, you know he, he, it just may take a little bit of time. I believe that's how you were discovered. A bunch of guys in the field and they said, "Hey, we like that guy." <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> I couldn't resist. I just had that yeah. image of like all these guys. Yeah, all these guys out there. Yeah, I'll take that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Hey. Yeah. It's it's always great having you on the show, uh, Julio. Uh, hopefully uh, the Elks hang in there tomorrow against a very good uh, uh, Lions I'm, club. I'm sure it's going to be a very good game. They're they're always entertaining, that's for sure. Okay, have a good broadcast, my friend. I appreciate it. Thanks, Reed. I appreciate it. Take care. Have a great night. Julio Caravada checking in from the BC Lions broadcast booth. So, yeah, they don't have Rourke. They do have uh, Vernon Adams, who's, I think, really starting to come in uh, into his own as a quarterback here in the good old CFL. Uh, the Blue Jays, where are they now? Uh, still up 2-1 on the Rangers. It is the bottom of the six. We'll check that Rough Riders bomber score in a couple of minutes, too. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. 
one game sample, you know, and uh, so I look forward to seeing exactly where we are with this group of receivers and our skilled players offensively and our uh, a veteran defensive line. I look forward to, to seeing where we match up uh, with a very good football team here on the road. So uh, as far as fourth quarter is concerned, we've got to find ways to close out games. We played decent defense for, uh, th- you know, three and a half quarters, and then the last four and a half minutes of that ball game, we had an opportunity to become a great defense, and we kind of stubbed our toe. You know, yeah. we didn't stop the run. We let them keep the possession of the football, and, uh, you know, that great defenses, uh, they get the ball back for their offense and give themselves an opportunity to win the game. A little bit there from Elks head coach Chris Jones asked what's uh, preventing his team from taking over games in the fourth quarter. Yeah, part of this uh, uh, this tough go here for, for the Elks, uh, home and away, uh, can't finish games in the fourth, as, as I've talked about a, a lot last year and this. And I guess we focus maybe more on the home losses because of the long losing streak. They've had leads in the fourth quarter a couple times against Saskatchewan last year. The first down on the one this year, the interception to to lose a game in the fourth quarter against Montreal led Toronto most of the game last year. Couldn't finish it out in the uh, fourth quarter. So they they have other issues, but if they were a little better late in games, we might be talking about a couple more victories. 10-7, Winnipeg leading Saskatchewan, nine and a half minutes left in the second quarter there. 780-496-0063. Kel, let's see if we can uh, empty out the inbox before we go. Absolutely, yes. The the, uh, last crack at it for the week here. So we got an unknown text coming in saying, guys, I don't really pay attention to the regular season, only playoffs, but I will say that the game has become kind of boring because it is overcoached and over systematic. This is hockey he's talking this, about. Yeah, the okay. NHL and, and Polster's comments from, from last night. Uh, it has been or it has become robotic. Uh, and when it comes to goalies, teams just find the biggest guy they can and jam him in net. <laughs> uh, he didn't just butterflies all the time. No more spectacular saves and no more spontaneity in the game anymore, either for the above mentioned reasons. Well, I think the two guys who were in the cup final made a lot of spectacular saves along the way. I mean, Hill made that diving stick save and was that game one or two? I can't remember now. And, you know, Bobrovsky was a, a big reason the, the Panthers got that far. Goalies are pretty big, though. There, there are some pretty large guys in it. Rob Brown uh, jokes around, why don't they just get, get somebody sign a sumo wrestler, put pads on him, and put him in net? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what would you shoot at? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, got another unknown text here coming in saying, hockey has come a long way in the U.S. In 2006, when the Hurricanes beat the Oilers, a friend of mine was visiting relatives in Carolina and mentioned that they took the Stanley Cup. They gave him a funny look and asked, what is the Stanley Cup? Well, that's what Stanley has coffee out of. Well, obviously, it's Stanley's Cup. There you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I look the, in all the American markets. There are hockey fans, but I, there's not the percentage of the population that would be in Canada, which which is fine. I mean, if they have enough fans to to go to a rink and and pay for tickets and parking and beer then then i guess they can have a team but i i don't the, I, the level of the the level of passion and appreciation for the sport is never going to be like it is in canada in most american cities i think that's just the way it is mm-hmm. uh have a texter right again that uh, would like to see a suggestion that hockey hall of Famer and former oiler paul coffee said uh at one time to widen the ice by three feet but leave the length the same yeah i think if they ever changed the dimensions of the rink it would be widening it now it would be 15 feet 
So seven and a half on each side if they went to the uh, Olympic international ice. Yeah, three feet, maybe that would make a little bit of a difference, uh, given the speedy guys a little more room to drive wide, but not taking the puck that much further away from the net. I don't know. I doubt we'll see a change in rink dimensions because you'd have to pay to remodel the rinks. I don't know if anybody would want to do that, but yeah, it's interesting suggestion for sure. Okay, we got to go. Uh, Blue Jays still up 2-1 on the Rangers in the seventh U.S. Open. It is. Let me just make sure I got the latest thing here. Uh, Wyndham Clark, Ricky Fowler, both nine under. Clark is done for the day. Fowler still has a couple holes remaining. And as I told you in the CFL, Winnipeg 10, Saskatchewan 7 in the second quarter. Football tomorrow, 3.30 countdown to kickoff. Elks and Lions play at 5 here on 6.30. Ched. Dave Campbell's a producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer. My name's Reed. Happy Father's Day. Take care. Thank you.